Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC Chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet on yes that's right twitter with my handle the marketing anu or just um yeah go to our linkedin group if you'd like and just check out the ppc chat roundup podcast um and if you're on instagram check us out at um at ppc chat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from the previous episodes. Today we're led by the amazing Julie Buccini again discussing the topic of filtering out bad clients and I definitely think this is a great topic, another great topic chosen um, by Julie because the client you work with, um, no matter how good you know the income and revenue you're getting from them, you know, choosing a, a good or a bad one could make or break your company's mental peace, your employees' mental peace, your mental peace. Um, so definitely it's very important that you choose the right one, the same way you choose a right partner, the same way you choose right empl- correct employees, uh, you know, business partners, those, those kind of things, all of these things, the people you keep in your life, even when it comes to clients, you know, really say something about, um, you know, how you thrive personally and mentally um so yeah it's going to be a great chat i think um i didn't have much input on this one you'd be glad to hear (laughs) maybe maybe not uh i didn't have much input on this one because yeah i've not really had much input like in terms of freelancing and looking for clients long term in terms of when i did any of the freelance work it was you know contracting for a company so the agencies were my um companies and filtering I, I should have done some filtering as well with some of the agencies I'd worked with but um different very different processes and very different thought processes on that one I think that should also be a topic how you filter for in for in-house clients how you filter what kind of agencies um you're going to work with anyway that's for another day and so we have Julie welcoming us today saying hello and thank you all for joining me today. Our topic should be a fun one. Yes, definitely. Filtering out bad clients, which should be a lively one. But first, how are you doing? Yeah, a nice roll call. And L Chase, um, Larry Chase um, just starts it off with <laughs> a picture of his dog, um, a great new family member for my birthday this past weekend. So extremely happy. It's, oh, it's a lovely, cute black dog um i don't know the breed of it but it's just really cute you need to go on his profile to check that out out and his um handle is l chase with um double s um and he's and the dog is chewing on a on a fish toy it's hilarious julie goes doing well here in the philadelphia on this most monday stuff of tuesdays yes because um it was independence day on sunday so they had monday off uh, the extreme heat and humidity is back today so there's that amalia goes um morning ppc chat catching up on the backlog that was the end of my week um last week slept 11 hours oh that's a nice long sleep i love when i do long sleeps like that melissa mckee joins us as well saying hi everyone 
already looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, Tiffany shares, goes, I'm having a really good day today. I hope everyone else is also. And um, yeah, Julie also shares a picture of her squishy dog, uh, Maple. Like, cute, cute little face. Um, Dwayne Brown joins us as well. Heatwave is almost gone and have been biking all over Toronto. Um, Julia Vice as well joins us. Say, Hi, folks. Doing okay on this little island. Not bad, but miss vacation. Truly. Um, and Kami Karras as well sends us a dog pic saying me and my dogs are exhausted from our three-day holiday. Snaptech Marketing as well joins us and good morning as always getting my coffee ready for your incredible insights. Yes, a lot of coffee was consumed by myself as well today. Um, and yeah, Andrea Cruz also, actually no, I think that was a note about um, something she got from Microsoft. Anyway, going on to question one, we get right into it. Julie asks, what things do you consider to be red flags as you are going through your sales or prospecting processes? Melissa McKee starts us off saying, asking for more and more free stuff, audits, records, creative, etc. Have seen so many prospects use the sale process just to get free work. I feel that's a similar thing with like interviews where, you know, an interviewer will be like, oh, you guys need to do this task, come up with a strategy, that kind of thing. And the best strategy wins. I'm like, and then how about the ones who don't win? You guys could just go and steal that, that, that strategy. I think that's very cheeky. Um, and then, yeah, we, and yeah, I'm sure there are a few responses, responses there. Julia Vice agrees, saying so true. Abdus Samad joins us as well, saying yes, they just want ideas and probably will execute it from someone else. And Melissa goes, exactly. Um, we've got Julia Vice as well joining us, um, answering the question, saying goals are great, but demanding guaranteed results or asking for special favors from platforms tells me they are, there are unrealistic expectations and possibly ethics issues it's an auction i play in i'll work my butt off but there are no guarantees and she continues hey welcome to the chat man glad to see another bc person on here waving hello from lady smith who was she replying to there i felt like that was her replying to herself no um <laughs> that's interesting um and then but then we've got other ones um and and as Hoth replies to Julia Vice's on the scene always put guarantees in such as guarantee I'll do my best guarantee I'll try to show you the truth behind the figures um and Julia Vice replies I guarantee that Facebook will do something weird in the next two months and we'll have to shift yes always shifting and and this continues I guarantee you won't get you won't get great results from day one and you might not even get great results in for the first month that's just yeah stated and it's something i mentioned in my talk on brighton SEO about you know when you're what what does a client need from you in a client relationship and it's honesty just be honest that you know these platforms are very volatile sometimes and they, you could they, they could just change something that could make a big difference as to what you know your performance targets are going to be um in from the beginning um, Carolyn um, Linden uh, Leiden, even I think I hope. Sorry, Carolyn, if I'm saying that wrong. Um, Carolyn um, replies to question one, saying, um, "Pay per performance only on paid or low paying test projects." Shit, talking their previous agency, needy or icky vibes. Yes, always, always go with your gut with things like that. Um, Ken Chang replies to question one saying, when potential client interrupts our presentation every two or three minutes, I start to think that we are not a good fit for them. Melissa replies, um, continues answer to question one, gives another answer to question one saying, nickel and diming on price is another red flag. 
And we have Azim joining us, um, uh, giving an answer to question one, saying we ended the relationship with old agency name here because they didn't deliver performance quickly enough. Quickly enough being very short, often unreasonable timelines with low budgets. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Vice replies to Carolyn um, when she talked about paper performance only, um, where, and Julia replies, talking bad about prior partners is definitely it. There is a way to express that you're not happy with the relationship in a way that highlights your professionalism. And I totally agree with that. And it's one also um, tip that I've always taken when moving on from company to company was that never badmouth your previous manager. Like even though, even if there were some things you disagreed about with them, you know, just talking shit about them does not bode well for the next person you're going to work with because people just are just, you know, everyone is imperfect. So if you're just going to badmouth people, people. The next person that you're talking to, even though, he, and that person will know that they're imperfect, will just think, well, if they leave, they're just going to be bad mouthing me. So I don't want to employ that. So be careful with that in, as well as not just when hiring um, agencies, but also when you're moving on from companies. Cami Harris replies to question one saying, this is often hard for me to pinpoint because often it's just a gut feeling, but attitude, not respecting my time, lack of kindness or empathy. Tiffany shares replies to question one saying, clients who expect a lot for a little, i.e. why am I only getting three conversions for a hundred pounds a month? I want 50 conversions with a five pound CPA, even though I only have a basic website that has had no CRO work done. I absolutely love that. CRO is very important for every channel. Julie Bacini replies to question one saying going on and on about other providers they've worked with and how terrible or crazy etc they were requesting essentially a full-blown strategy in a proposal yes bigger red flags um l chase replies to question one saying some red flags <laughs> i love the way you say some not all one urgency is atta attached to every conversation two they never seem organized when you speak to them three they complain about being so busy four unrealistic expectations for their market five their general personality versus yours julia replies to that saying i sometimes don't mind disorganization in the sense that part of what we can offer is organization it's a little frustrating but it's an additional service we can do we can do that the attitude around it is key um, Amalia then replies to question one saying bulking at the budget and scope and asking for more and more not the same as asking what it includes as that's reasonable asking for weekly calls with a small budget wanting to be paid for performance um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Sean Ellie replying to question one, impatience, unreasonable goals, seemingly when they say we have been through six agencies in, in the past year, at some point, you may be the problem. Very well managed account. Why are you leaving your other agency? <laughs> um, and then Sonica replies to question one, saying general attitude, how they treat our practitioners, whether or not they are setting realistic goals from the partnership. Um, we've got Amalia continuing her answer to question one, saying we've had a few people want to simply for what they assume our relationship with google is oh lord so they're like oh these guys must know google very well so let's work with them <laughs> yeah we're not the inside men for with with the good google really guys anyway um and then yeah julia vice replies to that um saying um 
Well, yeah, yeah, saying same. And while we do have a relationship, it's not what is sometimes assumed. Amalia replies, yes, we're premier partners. But what that actually means varies wildly from what some people assume it means. Um, Julia Weiss then continues that saying, yes, let's like there are definitely fun things I can get you. And we can offer certain things based on our relationship. But there's no secret version of the auction that only we are in. It's still brain versus brain, budget versus budget. Although I bet Julia Weiss, Julia, <laughs> Julia, you've got the bigger brain than some of your competitors um, in this industry. So, yeah, they should be privileged to work with you. And yeah, El Chase um, points out a, a very fair point, uh, uh, something I mentioned earlier on in reply to Julia Vice, and he goes that if they talk bad about someone else, they will talk bad about you at some point. Yeah, a very succinct way of saying what I was babbling on about earlier on. Um, so we've got, um, yeah, Brett Bodovsky replying to question one as well, saying general attitude towards digital marketing, how they speak about their previous agency expectations versus budget. So yeah, what are those, those are huge red flags. Amit Cabra joins us saying part of it is a gut feeling and the other is really listening to what they're saying in the meeting. Are they working with another agency? Why are they leaving? The answers are super telling. Are they paying attention during the call or are they just distracted yeah interesting stuff as well um and kamikaris um replies to el chase el chase especially number his number five um point number five in terms of his answer to question one and and that was um their general personality versus yours and kami says i think number five is often underestimated it's so important to have similar mindsets to uh, and to anyone you're associating in business clients and partners alike and then um, Larry replies to um, to that saying, yeah, we will hopefully be working together for years to come. So you have to mesh well together as a team. And then we have Emma Franks joining the conversation going, it's been a while since I was exposed to the sales acquisition process, but a few major ones that I would watch for lack of transparency um, with internal data or processes, unclear or unrealistic expectations with communications or results, not expect, not respecting your time. Exactly. Love that one. John Kagan replies to question one saying lack of history. If it is not a startup, unsecure cash flow, any contact that doesn't have to be an, an actual partner. Um, Sam replies to question one saying biggest one so far, refusal to give access post NDA for a review prior to proposal, excessive haggling on a price, lots of uh, lots of agencies, freelancers, or many internal parties involved, unreasonable or rigid expectations, no clear goals or directives. And he continues, lack of collaboration, want to set and forget versus being an actual partner. Frequent agency changes. If you're changing agency partners more often than a Kardashian changes significant others, <laughs> you might be the problem. Um, lack of discipline or focus. Um, and then asking for guarantees or pay for performance contracts. I don't control your business. I'm not going to wager my company on your team doing what they're supposed to do. And then asking for a strategy or executives to be in the pitch meeting. Hmm. Those are some very good and interesting points. Green Rope replies question one saying weird email, circle talk, paying for email lists, sketchy or outdated websites. Um, Julia uh, gives another answer to question one saying also any person who is in any way inappropriate with me or anyone on my team, zero tolerance. Fantastic. Pro to protect your mental health as well as those of your team members. 
So yeah, then Julie goes on to um, question two, saying, so aside from obvious red flags behavior, do you have any questions or processes that you use specifically to try to root out potentially problematic clients? But before we go into that, we've got SnapTech Marketing replying there, um, giving the answer to question one, saying our sales team is good at scoping out projects and sorting through those that aren't a good fit for us. We work best with collaborative and participative clients. So wanting to set it and forget it is not our jam. Abdul Samad replies to question one saying when someone totally depends on PPC to run their business without doing any other activity, these are the people that put you in a pressure because their survival depends on how PPC results fair. Clicks Marketing replies to question once an agency hopping frequently changing partners more than once a year and not giving enough time to go through the sales process properly. And Dwayne Brown then gives a list here saying, let me count the ways. And this is still answering question one. Saying one, once the cheapest price. Two, micromanagers. Three, isn't open to constructive feedback or criticism on site. Four, demanding of more time. Five, won't take on no fun answer. Six, thinks telling me ex agency will do it for cheaper will get me to lower um, the price. Um, Malia goes, six is my favorite thing. X agency will do it cheaper. Well, this agency is offering it to me for cheaper. Okay, bye. Go to that <laughs> opposing agency. Um, Dwayne Brown replies saying, I know, right? If brand don't say yes, someone else will. I got four plus brands in my inbox each week. We get to pick who we work with. If you're really good at what you do, this is an agency market right now. Yeah. And um, Julie continues, I'm so glad you're participating today because I know you have thoughts on this topic. And that's in reply to Dwayne Brown. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Leora as well can reply to question one saying when someone is too concerned with what percentage of spend our fees are after I show them during the audit how they wasted two times or plus the cost of our service. I'm 100% good with anyone who wants to max Rowie, not so much who only wants to pay minimum fees. Abdus um, Samad replies to question one as well saying, and also the ones that say budget is not an issue, major red, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> Um, Azim um, then replies to question two saying, what does success look like for you? Great way to find out how much they care if their performance data or sales driven or just solely focused on the bottom line. Bonus points if they mention their people or staff too. Yeah, exactly. And Julie goes, I love this question. Open-ended questions are so revealing, especially early on. And Reva replies as well. Reva, that's a new name. I'm going to follow you. I hope you join more conversations. But she replies saying, this is a great question. I'm going to add this into my form. Thank you. Yeah, that's a very good question from Azim. And so yeah, what does success look like for you? Um, Amali then replies to question two saying, the success, the question, tell me about your past experience with marketing agencies or your internal processes on earth's a lot of talking points. Emma Franks then continues to answer to question two saying, to add to what others have said about gut feeling or personalities, I think the attitudes brought to the relationships are important ideally it would should be a partnership with both sides equally invested in shared success not adversarial or competitive um julia vice replies to question two saying yes at my current agency and my prior one we set limits we set size limits in both cases spend under a certain amount per month went to a different team built specifically to help that kind of business my team does enterprise multi-channel work we start there that's a very good way of doing it 
because I think the skill sets needed for smaller accounts is very different for bigger accounts, which is why I have always struggled with smaller accounts. I'm more um, geared towards bigger accounts. John Kagan then replies to question two saying all picture squares all pitches require a chemistry check where we more or less sit and talk more casually with the clients to try and fill them out. Clients that make it past that but prove to be problematic later will be required to adhere to professionalism clauses in the MSA. That's a form of contract. Um, Julia Vice as well agrees say those chemistry, chemistry checks are lifesavers. Guys do chemistry checks. Um, Sonica replies to question two saying outside of the agency setting when deciding if I'd be open to taking a freelance client, I often ask about their budget, expected outcome of the partnership and more imp more information about their industry before I explore any deeper. Kami Karras replies to question two saying we are uber picky. I literally need to know someone else who does business with them. Also, we sometimes apply the margarita match rule. If I wouldn't want to have margaritas with you, then I probably don't want to be in business with you. That's a very good um, check. El Chase replies to question two saying I'm ask what the goals are for the program. The more detailed they answer, the more they have thought about it. Ask what they're looking for in a freelancer agency partner tell them your processes like answer emails within 24 hours number of meetings etc ken chang replies to question two saying present campaign proposals and management fees in detail um, before signing clients so that all stakeholders are on the page and have the same expectations then Julie goes on to question, um, sorry, Julie answers question two saying, I always ask about budget. I have found when they have no idea about their budgets for PPC, things often don't go well. Only exceptions is brand new to PPC, but they should still have a range in mind. Agree on the goals questions too. Green Rope replies to question two saying, our sales team um, do a great job of getting to know the company rep, company goals and overall building of relationship and trust. It goes two ways. We must trust our customers and they must trust us. Sonica gives her another answer to question two saying, this high level questions help me understand if we'd be a good fit for each other before getting into the details of the data, expected time, investment, etc. Carolyn replies to question two saying, I recently changed my contract my contact form to an apply to work with me form but I ask things like what their goals are is it reasonable who do they think their top competitors are are they who is their target audience do they even know so yeah that'll be great for them to give that details Julia Vice replies to question two saying once past um, the are you the right fit question we ask about what they want to accomplish and if they have preferred approaches right way I can see if there's a mismatch there versus if they just need more help Sean Ellie replies to question two saying, I asked them their goals on our very first call. I asked them their goals again as we go through the audit to see if they changed. Also, if the audit shows these are reasonable, I take the time to talk and see how they come. They came up with the goal. Are they willing to listen? Sam replies to question two saying, the biggest one for us is a thorough discovery process pre-proposal. We say no thanks to about 50% of inbounds because they aren't a fit, don't have budget or tick off one or more of my Sam's top 10 rated flags list. <laughs> Interesting. Snaptech Marketing replies to question two saying, we talk a lot about our processes, how our team communicates, what is included, what isn't, and what they can expect. Some people will then self-select 
out at this stage due to lack of fit. That fit is important. Emma Frank's reply saying, um, questions probably need some wordsmithing, just thinking out loud, but maybe what are your goals for this partnership? How does PPT fit into your larger marketing strategy? What access will we have to your team? What level of level of access or availability do you expect from us those are some very good questions um tiffany shares replies to question two saying be honest about fees up front ask more questions before we do the proposal to get a full picture give them an idea on the full process and what the next steps are and then julie goes on to question three saying what would could happen during the sales process that would make you walk away from a potential client loving some of these answers um amalia replies ghosting and constantly rescheduling meetings i literally do not have time for that nobody has time for that clicks marketing replies getting access to the paid accounts can often tell more than the contact may even know and as hyoth replies to question two saying just basic questions why do you need us what are your objectives what does success look like what will be our contact persons Julia Vice replies to question three saying, in my words, finding out the RFP is just a formality and they're planning to stay with their current partner. There's plenty of individual things that could happen. Weird business practices, weird budgets, weird structures. It depends. Melissa replies, wanting a Cadillac for a Yugo price. <laughs> I've not even heard what Yugo is. Um, so important to understand the client budget right off the bat to avoid wasting everyone's time. Azim replies, later meetings on professional conduct and excessive use of absolute business BS phrases like blue sky thinking, etc. No, <laughs> I love that. Dwayne Brown replies to question two saying we use an intake form on each prospect. In fact, trying to not fill it out is a red flag and we will pass on your business. We ask all the basic questions to help understand the business. Plus, if we can even help their brand. Sonica then um, replies to question three saying if the client is not data oriented and refers to best practices over data backed decisions, it'll have to be a no for me, very good response. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Julia re uh, replying to question three as well, saying not being willing to grant any read-only access, um, read-only account access. I gladly sign NDAs. Going radio silent after the initial communications. Any hesitation over paying for things up front. Yeah, that sounds dodgy. Snaptech Marketing saying it's rare for us to walk away outright. We usually come to a mutual agreement that isn't going to work. However, outright red flags like ghosting and inappropriate comments are a big one. We protect our team first and foremost. John Kagan replies to question three saying so many things. If a client acts inappropriately as their Sorry, if a client acts inappropriately, airs their controversial views, snafu impress, goals aren't aligned, signs they will um, they will require more effort than they will pay for, and so many more learned long ago. Not every dollar is worth the mental health. Very true. Just what I said at the beginning, or at the very beginning of this um, episode. Anders replies, what makes me walk out? No, really, I don't. I can have a bad feeling about a project, but I am well behaved and polite while I might be swearing in my mind. But flags will be up and I may be and I may politely turn down the process saying I won't be able to deliver. Um, and then, yeah, we have Sean Ellie replying to question three saying haggling on price or trying to go month to month from the start. This can mean they are close to done. And this is their Hail Mary. Having bad, um, haven't had a few clients not let us know that they only had a couple of months left to make it work. And it always sucks for everyone. Yeah, that's so true. 
Cameron Harris replies to question three saying no showing for a meeting. They requested learning they are involved in a lawsuit of any kind. Oof. Asking questions or making statements like, is there a money back guarantee? Ha <laughs> ha. That one got a few response. Money back guarantee from an auction. No, ma'am. Going to another line of work. And um, that's Julia Vice replying. And there's also reply saying, ha ha. I love that one. Money back guarantee. Wait a sec. I'll just ask if that's okay with Google and Facebook. Yeah. Money back guarantee. Never heard of that one. Said a few more people as well. And then we have Ken Chang replying to question three, saying if the campaign or industry is in an ad policy flagged sector, also if they are agency hopping, previously worked with a few different agencies and we are the sixth or eighth agency they are take they're talking with. Um, Clicks Marketing goes, agree with Snaptech Marketing, additionally asking a very detailed questions that point to the contact wanting to make ideas to implement themselves. Emma Franks replies to question three, saying anything that makes me dread getting on a call, I already don't like most meetings. If I'm adding another one to my calendar, it should be one that I look forward to, or if handling if handing off to someone else, I don't want them to dread it either. And then Julie goes on to question four, saying, has an experience with a nightmare client changed the way you do business in any way? If so, how? We will be sharing stories in a subsequent question. Um, subsequent question. Julia Vice replies to question four, saying, um, uh, yes, I know. I know. I'm, I now ask better questions and I look very carefully at team structure on their end. Um, then Amalia replies to question four, saying every not ideal experience because they aren't all worthy of the word terrible or nightmare has adjusted how I suggest we do things, establish boundaries and scope and how we even package our offering. And as Hoth replies to question four, saying, yes, it's like a Google ads campaign. Just test and tweak and improve your parameters over time. Carolyn replies to question four, saying, yes, decided to eliminate a whole service offering after a nightmare client. Thank goodness for contracts. Phew. Um, Kamikarish replies to question four, saying, since stories are later, I will just say yes. Um, LOL, every change over 20 years has been due to a learning experience. Ken Chang replies, yes, we ask more discovery questions to see if we're a good fit for the client. And then we have Julie replying to question four, saying, as I have shared in other chats, I add clauses to my contracts often due to client behaviors. I have language about ghosting project hold status and also for cross time zone work. I don't work 24 seven or and 365 days <laughs> a, a year. Um, and then Sonica replies to question four, saying again, on the freelance level, I have been more diligent about discussing rates upfront, budgets upfront and communications cadence immediately. I used to fall into the doing a favor for a friend trap a lot and have learned a few lessons from that as well. Um, El Chase replies to question four, saying yes, I purposely limit meetings now and set expectations and response times. I always tell them if we are in meetings, who is doing the work? Sam replies to question four saying all the time, most of the changes we make are in our discovery questions. Occasionally, we add new clauses to our contracts in response to particularly problematic behaviors. Melissa McKee replies to question four saying, yes, being clear about project scope, specificity, um, specifying reporting and meeting cadence, laying out rules of engagement, how quickly we will reply to emails, etc. Yeah, don't expect replies to emails 
every minute of every day, really. Robert Brady replies question four saying, yes, always honing the characteristics of a good client fit. Ashley Ashby replies question four saying, such an important and often overlooked point. Snaptech Marketing, you learn something new from every client that you work with. We don't hesitate to adjust our internal processes based on what we've learned in every experience from the great ones to the not so much. Um, and then Julie takes us on to question five saying, do you have a standard way of backing out if a prospective client reveals themselves to be the type you do not want to work with? And, um, yeah, I pointed, um, um, for my answer, I actually made a point to, to point, to answer this and pointed to a tweet from Kirk Williams last week when he mentioned about that after saying that, um, <laughs> he said to a client that he was not right fit, they, that they were not right fit to help with their accounts. Um, the client replied, well, the would be client replied, um, that he thinks it's shameful that they wouldn't just take any account. And yeah, he probably replies like, yeah, he's, he appreciates that this guy thinks it's shameful, but he doesn't count it as shameful at all um, because, you know, he has he had very, very good reasons. I'll say go back to um, Kirk Williams is um, profile and check the answer out for that. Um, we have Dwayne Brown um, quickly answering question three, saying, let me count the ways to number one. If my gut says walk away, we walk away. Only cares what the agency fee amount is and not actually performance. Three, unrealistic expectations for anything with smoking guns, Uber, a.k.a. making climate change worse. Mm. And um, and then, yeah, I think um, he also goes, I used to think onboarding brands the week before Black Friday Black Friday, we took on two brands last year and they have been some of our best and most chill clients. Sean Ellie then replies to question four saying, very clear scope of work. What is covered? What isn't covered? Abdul Samad, um, defining clear scope of work and communicating cadence is something that is a priority for me. And then we have Kami Karras replying to question five saying, the only thing standard about the not a good fit conversation is being very clear and final. If you aren't clear enough, people try and negotiate their way back in. And that sucks if you're an empathic empathic person who likes to help people. <laughs> I'll answer that again because that's such a sweet answer. Kami replies, the only thing standard about the not a good fit conversation is very being is being very clear and final. If you aren't clear enough, people try to negotiate their way back in. And that sucks if you're an empathic person who likes to help people. Yeah, people will try to take advantage. Julia Vice replies, yeah, but yes, but luckily I don't have to do that by myself. We agree on next steps as a team and create an off-ramp. Sometimes it's more sudden than other times, but there's always an honest conversation. Sean Ellie replies to question five saying it's clearly spelled out in the contract that either party can disengage with 30 days notice. I give that gives, I think that gives them enough time to find someone else. I could send them an email letting them know they have 30 days and offer a call if they want. Um, and then, yeah, Mali replies to question five saying, are we talking pre-contract or post-contract because they are different pre-contract? Let them know it isn't a good fit and wish them luck. I don't refer because that's been a jerk to my friends. <laughs> Hilarious. Post-contract, fulfill our duties and end it and hand over. Um, Julie, Julie Bicini replies um, to question five saying, classic, it depends answer. If it is something egregious, 
during the sales call, I will do it right then. Otherwise, it is usually the um, a thoughtful email declining the work once they are a client contract spell out termination processes. Um, and then, yeah, Sam replies to question five saying, yes, we're extremely transparent and maybe a little blunt, but shrug. We raise the issues with them and see if they have a good reason. In many cases, they either A, don't or B, get defensive or accusatory, in which case we say we're not the right fit. L Chase replies to question five saying, if it is before we have started working together, I have zero issue with just saying, I will not be a good fit for your needs. My agreement with clients is all we need is 30 days and an email to terminate a relationship. Um, and then Ken Chang replies to question five saying, um, yes, a phone call to explain everything and to point out some agencies that will take those accounts. Sometimes those clients return and see Things are away eventually and we do end up working with them. Being respectful goes a long way. Um, and then, yeah, Dwayne Brown replies to question five, saying, as per our contract, in writing by email and giving them 30 days notice, if they want to make it less, happy to cut it down. I always honor the contract I sign. And then we have Julie taking us on to question six, which is our second to last question of the day. Um, she goes, let us talk, um, tell us about a nightmare difficult or poor fitting client you want to work with and how you handled the situation, you of course need not name any actual names. <laughs> but before we get into that, we've got some, uh, just a few more answers for um, question five. Anders replies saying standard procedure, procedure for backing out of a project proposal. We believe we won't be able to provide a service that meets your requirements and regret we cannot complete this proposal. The key here is meet your requirement. Totally true and frank sonica definitely a call if there are serious deal breakers to discuss honesty is the best policy if my bandwidth doesn't afford me the time to continue working on a project i would provide a longer heads up um and then yeah we've got kamikaris replying to question five again saying we generally frame things in the honest you'd be better off with and give them examples of what types of agencies or service or solutions to pursue for their needs snapsec uh, snapsec marketing replies clear communication is the best way to go about it and when it gets sticky we always get on the phone we also try to communicate through those moments to come to a mutual understanding about how to proceed uh, Melissa McKee then starts us off with her answers to question six in terms of um, interesting examples of um, nightmare clients. Um, Melissa going to start saying um, the worst examples I've experienced were clients who were just using us to get the house in order um, so they could take the work in house have had a couple of clients to th do this under the guise of wanting a long-term agency relationships clients who treat us like their assistants or employees throwing tasks at us randomly and wanting them done in an hour no respect for our time had one client at a previous job who constantly went in and made changes in the account on doing work we had done we finally fired them because we couldn't be responsible for performance under those conditions exactly um and then yeah julie herself answers as well saying clients who are not respectful of your actual work hours and expect responses at all hours i have had a couple like this in recent years i added language about my standard working hours and my time zones as a result to contracts also had to take a had to have a talk with them Amali replies as well, saying constantly calling and demanded immediate meetings when I finally pushed back, swore at me and said, this isn't how someone should do business. Yelled. Wow. My boss called and then fired her on the spot because nobody speaks to our team like that. 
think that's that's definitely a really good response um from her amalia herself and her boss i'm glad to hear that and then, and andy replies that's a boss boss um, and that's andy strode copywriter cd blah 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 um Dwayne brown replies in 2018 i gave our then designer and a new hire a net new client to work thought it'd be a good it'd be good to get them working together and build team spirit later found out client was being pushy bully and demanding more time on calls told the client again why we do x calls for x amount of time client made excuse and told me they were special i was just blunt and told them how not special they are and they don't get to demand from stuff from us now they're fired i was visibly pissed off not my proudest boss moment i stand by telling off straight white men when they cross the line being nice doesn't work Oof, some serious stuff um, and then, yeah, we have um, Amalia continues saying offered pro bono work for seven months. One month in of pain takes everything to a new one month in of pain takes everything to a new agency. Wow, that is mean. Um, Ken Chang replies, fast casual rest restaurant chain and marketing VP screamed at us during a meeting. I waited for the rant to stop, but took notes during the rants to address a possible solution. After that, we became very, very selective about our future clients. Rightfully so. El Chase replies, I had a client who would always be five minutes late for calls rescheduled because of other work emergencies. I was also asked for data I had already provided and they wanted impromptu meetings almost every week. Oh, no. Um, Amalia replies, this happens to us. I hate the ghosting clients. If you're not investing in this, why should I be? Um, and then, yeah, we reply to, we get a reply to question six um, from Amalia going, one client, when I worked at an automotive agency, brought his wife in so he and the men could talk marketing and she and I could talk car colors and cup holders. Wow. Same client told me he thought I was the secretary. We had no reception desk. Lord, Julia Vice replies, there it is. Them folks would not listen to you, even if they did um, have same level of fake professionalism. <laughs> yeah. And O'Malley replies, this was the moment I realized I was a woman in marketing. I had been blissfully unaware for 20 plus years, lucky about the implica implications of working as a woman. This one client shifted all of that for me. Um, and then, yeah, Melissa replies, unbelievable. Hello, mad men. Yeah. Um, Abdus replies to question six saying, I worked on an events client that totally depended on PPC for lead generation and would never be happy about the results. He'd micromanage everything from ad copy, keywords, bid, campaign structure. He'd pause campaigns if they didn't perform on one particular day, then take over the account and then, yeah, leave, leave the agency alone. Seriously. Um, and then, yeah, Sam replies to question six, more like to reply to Melissa's answer to question six, where she mentions the client who constantly went in and made changes to accounts. Sam replies, we had one client who went into his account and changed the daily budget from $500 or so to 5,000 and screamed about how much money the campaign was spending. Thanks heaven for change. Thanks heavens for change long. Seriously. <laughs> he changed the, 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 the daily budget. And was then blaming um, Sam and his team for um, excess spend. Bloody hell. Some people have the nerve. Um, anyway, Cami Karras replies to question six saying, poor fitting client examples. Client A had no method of converting clients online and didn't answer their phone. Three million revenue client B had never had or felt the need to have a marketing budget before. Client C only had used fivers previously. Huh. 
I'll work out for you, won't it? Um, and then, yeah, we go to our last question of the day. Um, and that's from, that's uh, yeah, from Julie, obviously, um, giving the, um, the last question saying, giving question seven saying, what is something that you know now that you wished you knew then when it comes to spotting potentially awful clients, um, listen to your guts. And I'm sure that's um, an answer someone has given. John Kagan though, gives his answer to question six uh, about a nightmare client. Luckily, the numbers of nightmare clients in the past 16 years is only a handful. The most infuriating I had was a client in Atlanta that insisted we have a 9 a.m. Monday meeting in person to begin a three-day in-person summit. I flew down on Sunday with the four nights planned, we lined up outings for them. Parties collaborated with Google for renting out a brewery since they were a massive banking client. I arrived at the office Monday morning to be told the client took a planned vacation for the week. I flew home and had my boss resign the business. Definitely. What nonsense. Um, and then, yeah, we've got John Kagan then replying to question seven saying plan out who will work on the business before it is signed? Have every member of the team meet them. Then compare notes. If someone isn't comfortable with it, do not sign the business. Amit replies to question seven saying awful clients show themselves almost immediately because they don't think they're awful. I know I'm repeating myself, but listen to what they say super carefully. Dwayne replies to question seven saying awful clients come in all shapes and sizes. As I get older, I'm glad I learned early on to say no and also fire bad fit clients. No is the most powerful word in the English language. Robert Brady, trust your intuition every time. Julie replies, when they don't have any questions for you during the initial calls run, when they don't ask you if you have additional questions that make me, that makes me pause too. I also really like potential clients who want to clearly define next steps even early on. That's yeah, that's a very good inquisitive client. They should want that. I'll chase replies to question seven saying when I first started, I did not weigh the personality as much as I should have. Now the personality of the person I will be working with has a lot more importance than a lot of other factors. Also learning to set expectations, response times, meetings, etc. Ken Chang replies, it's easy to be in awe of large clients, large brands, and large budgets, but do a gut check to see if your team and their teams are aligned with marketing goals. Kamikara replies, never make a decision based on fear, fear of lost income, fear of not having enough work, fear of the economy declining. Amali replies, trust your guts. If it's good enough to keep me from getting in sketchy cabs in New York City, it's good enough for this. Julia Vice replies, trust your gut. Even if things look right, it feels funny. You're probably onto something. And for the ladies, you know what I mean. When a dude bro, <laughs> I was going to buy dude bro. When a dude bro client or anyone talks to you a certain way you walk i think we can refer to amalia's story earlier on from like uh chauvinistic pigs anyway and then um yeah we've got i'll, I'll give my final a final answer from sean ellie to answer question six i believe because i love some of those client nightmare stories um and sean replies i've actually had multiple clients that would not allow me to restructure the accounts so i had to work in the terrible structure of the previous agency one also had me recreate the last agency's report. Uh, the last agency's report. If you want their report and structure, why did you leave? Jesus. And he attached a GIF, which is so hilarious, um, saying, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Anyway. 
do you sometimes feel like you're taking crazy pills with the clients that you're working on? Um, and I hope you have the bravery to um, fire some of them if um, they are costing you your mental health. That's like the biggest thing. I've walked away from so many things because of my mental health and I've not, not regretted any one of them. So yeah, I hope you've taken some great takeaways from that and, you know, found our, you know, our feedback and our stories about previous clients very helpful and useful. And just to also, this is, I think this is one of the chats, those chats that makes you think you are not alone. You're not alone when you have these frustrating times with clients other people have had frustrating times as well. My favorite, I think, is Cami Karras saying about how a client wanted a money bank money back guarantee. Ha! I'd, I'd wish she actually would have said that to Google and I'd, I'd pay to be the fly on the wall um, on that conversation. Anyway, so hope you've taken um, some great takeaways from this and, um, you know, you, you've, you've had further thoughts as to what client relationships should be like and how you deserve the best if you work hard enough. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk more about this topic, please chat with us, um, come and chat with us on Twitter spaces during the summer, especially we've switched this to Thursdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time and 5 p.m. GMT time. So join us there on Twitter spaces on Thursday. Um, for any feedback um, about the podcast or even some of the, some corrections and anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open on the handle The Marketing Anu or on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn as well. I love a good connection request. Um, we do have a PPC chat roundup group on there. So yeah, yeah, just search for us, check us out and request to join and it will be accepted. And finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.